this is a special episode, guys, because we were just um, editing our previous episodes, and we got into quite the heated debate, <laughs> and I was like, turn the microphone on. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm Claire. I'm Erin. And today we're not talking about strings at all. We're just talking about the things. The things. All the things. And by things, we mean men. <laughs> From Jane Austen. So... How did this start? We were talking about how Aaron was saying that despite the results of my personality test... In episode three. In episode three. Um, go back and listen to it. We have more content there. Um, <laughs> I, I am... We still think I'm more combination of Lizzie and Emma. More of... Right. I think Lizzie's determination just to like mm-hmm. see things done the right way with Emma's, like, I'm going to make the world the way I want it. Um, I think that is a good combination of me. Um, and Aaron pointed out that that means I get to end up with Mr. Knightley or Mr. Darcy. So if you guys are out there, uh, tweet me. <laughs> Let me know. Um, actually, don't. I'm not allowed to date right now. In January, you may tweet her to your heart's content. Well, by that point, I'll just be rewatching Star Wars over and over, and I just won't care. Um, anyway, so we decide. So the the result of personality test means I'm gonna end up with Mr. Darcy or Mr. Knightley, and since Aaron is Eleanor, I was kind of Eleanor and Jane Bennett, right? And she ends up with Mr. Bingley and Edward Ferris. Neither of which I feel like are terribly What's thrilling. What's wrong with them? They're such nice. <laughs> Okay. They're just nice and boring. <laughs> but there's so much honor to Edward's character. I mean, because he was engaged to someone that he still didn't like, and he kept his word to her. He stood up for her to his mom. He lost his freaking inheritance because of Lucy, and he never let a single word of impropriety escape him when he was around Eleanor, even though he really wanted to. And the second he was free... Then he was, like, your big romantic gesture. I mean, I'm not saying, like, he's quite as exciting, maybe, as Mr. Darcy, but there's certainly some merit and some honor to be had there. Yeah, I think the fact that he was... ended up wooing her at the beginning of the book, intentionally or not, you lose points. And to be stupid enough to get engaged to someone like Lucy Steele, you lose points. (laughs) (laughs) And okay, yes, he's honorable and he, like, keeps his word. And he's learned from his mistakes. You hope so. (laughs) (laughs) The book ends shortly after they get engaged, so... You don't really know. <laughs> I'd kind of like stupid. to see the follow-up the year, the year later. <laughs> like, if it was The Bachelor after the, the final rose, you yes. want to see how it actually ends up. That right. would be interesting for Jane Austen. That'd yes. be an interesting concept, after the final rose, the Jane Austen version. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Edward is just sort of blah. Okay, so if Edward is blah, who do you actually like in the Jane Austen canon of men? I am a big fan of Mr. Knightley. Okay. I think that he is, he is, I don't know, for lack of a better word or phrase, he's a straight shooter. Like, he knows what's right, he does what's right the whole time, and he is not afraid to counsel Emma to do that as well, and I think that he brings out the best in her, and that she brings out the best in him, and I like, I like their relationship, I like him very much. 
Mr. Darcy is okay, too. But... <laughs> You mean he's decent enough? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> um, yeah, so I like Knightley, but I don't know that the Knightley personality would be the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Since... How so? Um, I think just the going from the whole older brother vibe to the romantic relationship vibe, you know, because for so long... She's seen him as an authority figure. She's seen him as having all of that extra life experience. Um, And to go from that to really trying to have a marriage of equal minds and being equal partners, I feel like that would be a challenge. Mm -hmm. And on his end, I feel like it would be very hard to be with this woman who, you know, he's scolded. And he even, like, says that when they're getting together. He's like, I've scolded you and you've borne it. But, like, still it's that... You know, they're finally getting together, but what does he do the first time she, like, mishandles a household finance or something? Like, he's going to scold her and explain how to do it right, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that would be challenging, and I don't really... I I like working with people, but I don't know that I would be comfortable in a relationship where someone had so much been the authority for so long, and Mm -hmm. trying to, like... I don't know how that would go. That's true. I think from... For my personality, I mean, I, um, I have enough, enough spunk in me, I think, that I don't take orders very well, but I think the way way that I perceive Mr. Knightley is that he's coming from a place of genuine love and care for her, and he's wanting to just help her become a better person, and, and that if I, if I perceive that genuineness in someone else and they tell me like this is the way that you need to do this mm-hmm. then then I yeah, I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast that I don't like to rock the boat and I'm mm-hmm. just like I'll just go along with it and oh yeah it did turn out better that way you were right well since we said my personality is somewhat like Emma's there's a line that just came to mind that Emma's sister says about her when they're talking about early on about whether or not Emma's going to get married and her sister goes, well, a husband would expect to tell Emma what to do, and she wouldn't like that. <laughs> um, and I feel like that applies to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm trying to think who I like. I mean, I like all of them, of course, but I'm trying... I don't know what personality type... Um, well, who do we have? There's... Maybe Henry Tilney. Henry, Henry Tilney is adorable. Yes, in in the web series and in the book. I feel yes. like he is just like a nice, easygoing guy who, Hen- but yes. who, but who wouldn't be allow, allow himself to be steamrollered. You know, mm-hmm. like he's comfortable enough in himself, and he knows who he is, and he's not afraid to stand up to his father. Yep, and deny it if you can. But Henry Tilney is the only Jane Austen hero. Who has a sense of humor. Uh-huh. So you guys can't see this on the podcast. You're just silence. But I'm, like, looking up the ceiling <laughs> trying to think about it. Who? There's secondary characters, but... But no. <laughs> there's characters that you laugh at, but they're not trying to be... Yeah, you're right. He is the only one with a sense of humor. Yeah, we love you, Henry. <laughs> he's he's the only one with a sense of humor. Um, yeah, Darcy. Darcy doesn't joke. 
Bingley's just nice. And boring. <laughs> oh, that's right. You don't like him either. <laughs> well, hey, your part of your personality was Jane. I know, right? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, Knightley, uh, not, not funny. Really. <laughs> Elton's funny because he's pompous, but he's not mm-hmm. trying to be funny. Um, Brandon, nope. Nope. Edward, nope. Edward, nope. Oh, wait, no. Edmund, sorry. Nope. Um, Captain Wentworth, nope. Yeah. Because um, he's... Yeah, you're right. Big bucket of no. <laughs> <laughs> which which is... They all have so many admirable qualities. I, I have never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Henry is the only one with a sense of humor. Yep. And he's the only one without some sort of personal, like, angst. Mm-hmm. Because Darcy's got his whole personality problem thing. <laughs> um, and, well, plus, to be fair, the circumstances, his sister, um, yes. Wickham, he reserved parents dead. He had earned the right to be... <laughs> you didn't start the timer! <laughs> um, sorry. He'd earned the right to be a little broody. Mm-hmm. Knightley's very serious... Very family oriented, very do the right thing, mm-hmm. run my estate. Um, Edmund's very much, I want to be a vicar, and then he gets entangled with what's her name, and that's no good. Um, Wentworth. Yeah. Wentworth is just brooding central. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, past heartbreak pain, Mm -hmm. brooding, brooding passion, but not funny. Nope. So, Henry. (laughs) Henry's the winner so far. Henry's the winner. (laughs) I think Henry's the winner. Um, yeah, I don't, I I think that's what I've got. Yep. I, I really like Henry. He's very funny. He's very lighthearted, but like you said, he knows what's right and he's gonna... He's going to stick up for himself and for the people that he cares about. Mm-hmm. And that's very admirable. Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe a Darcy personality would be okay if I got past the fighting part in the front, I, in the yeah, beginning. I don't feel yeah. like... I know you would not do well with all that conflict. No, I would not. It would not work out. And I've gotten to and, a, a point where I just wouldn't, probably wouldn't want to deal with that. Yeah, with with Darcy, I feel like if Darcy was alive today, he would be some, you know, inherity, vegan, just hipster, snobby jerk face. That You've, <laughs> we've talked about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yes. But anyway, it would just be just this horrible, snobby person that I guess if you can like get past it then then right. I mean, he is he's great because that I mean cool that that's the whole premise of Pride and Prejudice is there's so much of each other's initial personalities that they have to overcome granted I think Elizabeth has a lot more to ever overcome than Darcy you know he just has to get over the fact that she's poor and her family's a little strange she mm-hmm. has to get over like the fact that he is because if he'd been nice to her like, if he had been nice and polite the first time they met, she wouldn't have hated him. Right. If he was like, it's nice to meet you, 
this is a lovely ball. You know? How have you lived here long? Right. But then we would not have the masterpiece. Then we would not have the masterpiece. This is true. <laughs> then we would have a boring, not worth turning into a novel story. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm getting more simple as I get older, but I don't know if I want, like, the crazy epic story. I feel like I've had so much in my life that's already been, like, the crazy epic life lessons, and I don't know. I feel like just a Henry might be nicer. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think for me, I'm, I'm such an introvert and I'm very, I'm very settled in myself and I am very comfortable with that aspect of my life that I feel like another very settled, very introverted person (laughs) just, we would just, you can sit and not talk to each other. (laughs) We would sit and not talk to each other. (laughs) Um, we haven't talked about Colonel Brandon much, which I, yeah. I think he, I, it's very interesting. One of my very best friends, who I won't mention by name on here, um, just because I don't know if she's comfortable having her name shared on the internet, um, but anyway, one of my very best friends is getting married, and I feel like her relationship is much more of a Colonel Brandon and Marianne relationship, if we're tr- trying to put the Austin box on, because mm-hmm. um, she's a very vivacious, very passionate, very outgoing person, um... And he is older and more settled, and really, it's just, like, makes him the happiest in the world to, like, make her happy. Um, you know, so, you know, Brandon's always bringing her books mm-hmm. and pianoforte, and my friend's fiancé just kind of made this room in their new house for her with, like, all her books and bookcases, so I feel like that, um, that dynamic, that the Brandon-Marianne dynamic is working mm-hmm. really well for her. Yeah, Colonel Brandon is one of my, my personal favorites. He's great. Because um, seriously, in the uh, the two what, the 2007 adaptation, the library he's got going on, the room oh, with know. all the books, the floor-to-ceiling bookcases, and the piano. Claire, Claire and I are showing our Beauty and the Beast childhoods here. <laughs> we just want libraries. Like, Why do you think we went to Peabody? <laughs> for the music? No, it was for the library. Go Google and the George Peabody Library and all will be made clear. <laughs> so, in that case, maybe I do want someone who won't talk to me and we can just sit and read. I, I have okay. always said that if it was me and Beauty and the Beast, the movie would have ended the second she opened her eyes and saw the library and he goes, it's yours. And I would have been like, I love you. <laughs> Spell broken. Let's sit in the library. Everyone can go home. <laughs> Um, but again, then we wouldn't have the story. Yep. Um, super excited to see that. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, Um, yes. That's gonna be awesome in 2017. So yeah, so that's our, that's our Austin men debate. Yep. Um. Which is, I still don't think is quite settled, but I doubt that it ever will be. (laughs) With our personality differences, I don't think, well, besides, that would be trouble if we settled on the same guy. The yeah. same fictional guy yeah. who are all fictionally committed to other fictional I characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we feel like we'd be gal pals with all the heroines, so you don't want to take their men. Yep. It's true. It's a dilemma. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know how to get in touch with us. Comment, tweet. Maybe at some point we'll set up a Twitter account or a Facebook account for this podcast so you can 
get just talk about podcast things with us so our violinists aren't like so Mr. Darcy what now? <laughs> um, so anyway, this has been our not at all violin related podcast, but um, let us know who your favorite Austin men are and why and why, um, and we'll be excited to hear from you. So okay. have an awesome day. Bye, guys.